What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonderkid, episode 58. Here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? Uh, I don't know how you could be anything but tired <laughs> after that Champions League final, man. But I'm happy to be here with you. I hope you're feeling better. I hear you're a little under the weather. That's true. Yeah, it is true. Weather is is Ooh. iffy here. Uh, but thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you for asking, Bretton. And people, let me ask the community to go follow us, please, on Spotify. Okay, so we go bold on those charts finally. And uh, yeah, it's just a huge help for the FC Wonder Kid podcast. And yeah, just, absolutely, just get a follow on Spotify. But let's get to it with the yeah. big time moment that it was: Real Madrid Liverpool. What were your thoughts on it? <laughs> oh my goodness, my thoughts? We're going to be here several hours, but first and foremost, uh, how unfortunate it was for those fans that had paid for their entry um, to be sitting out there in the cold, to be pepper sprayed, to be all that fun stuff at the Stade de France. Um, mm -hmm. That just was not, not a great way to start it, but mm -hmm. that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about is we're here to talk about the football and I think um, while we will talk about Liverpool a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, we got to give Real Madrid their just credit. And um, come on, man. 14 titles in the history of this club. And the way that they won their past um, knockout round matchups, it was almost virtually guaranteed, even though you and I did not pick them to win this. It feels now, looking back on it 2020, like it was almost virtually guaranteed like they were going to win it. And that's exactly what they did. Mm -hmm. So with that said, the only thing I can say with absolute certainty is Kareem Benzema should be our Ballon d'Or winner. Yes. Do, you, do you agree? I okay. agree. I definitely <laughs> agree with that. And Kareem the Dream had 46 games. 44 goals and 15 assists. And another landmark happened. He became the Frenchman with the most titles ever with 30, okay? Karim wow. Benzema. It's just fitting for him to get the Ballon d'Or. And you said it. Real Madrid didn't have an easy route. And whoever didn't pick Real, for not even in the top five for favorites of the competition, yeah. man. They went through the top five. They beat... PSG, Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. No doubts that Real Madrid deserves to be there. And yeah, it's just beautiful. And I got to highlight. I got to highlight something, though. Not on Real, yeah. but on Liverpool. Liverpool mm -hmm. has managed to play every possible fixture in a season. And that accomplishment is so hard man and it just shows it how good Klopp manages his team okay elite yeah. levels so it, it, it does it does show how quality he is and and how he can manage his team but I'll tell you what mm. they won the Carabao Cup right they won the FA Cup they got to the Champions League final they got to the final match day of the Premier League with a chance to win it mm -hmm. um and three out of those four times they, they failed to score a goal, right? Mm -hmm. So when the time came that the the vaunted, the the, the famous, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. attack that he has built up, that Jurgen Klopp has fostered over so many years, mm -hmm. um, failed to deliver 
And, um, you know, okay, they came out on top in penalties in the Carabao and in the FA Cup. Mm -hmm. But in this particular one, it was Real Madrid that got the goal. And uh, Carlo Ancelotti, Jose Mourinho'd them. Uh, (laughs) To the point where, you know, when it comes down to it, Mm -hmm. Real Madrid uh, walked away with a win. So all, I mean, Liverpool is an amazing squad. Mm -hmm. Liverpool uh, is a squad that should be back here in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And hell, if you take Jurgen Klopp's word for it, he was already saying in the exit interview of that particular game that they're already booking their trip Booking their hotel room. I think it's in Istanbul, right? Mm. They're already booking their trip to the Champions League final next year. So, um, but none of this changes the point that you're absolutely right. I mean, Real Madrid's uh, road here. How many times did they have their backs against the wall? How many times was it almost certain that they were not playing their best football? And when the time uh, was, you know, they just didn't have the opponent to put Mm -hmm. them away. And it just so happens that three of the four opponents happen to be the top three in the Premier League table. Very true. And right? I, I, it's true. amazing. Very true. Yeah. And what you said about the finals, it makes total sense for me to say that Salah, in 11 finals in his career, he's got mm-hmm. zero non-penalty goals. Zero non-penalty goals. So this is something, if we're talking about Ballon d'Or, world-class levels, you got to score when it matters. And this is something you got to point out with Mo Salah. And I love how you said that. And the second thing, I got to say, if we're on Liverpool, it's Konate. (laughs) What a match by Konate. And I got to say, Konate in that Champions League final showed the world that he is the most (laughs) informed French centre-back Right now in football. Ooh. Right now okay. in football. He has to play for France, my God. If that guy yeah. doesn't play for France, who does? Honestly. Yeah. Like, okay, I know they're stacked on the center box. Okay, I do understand people. But he overshadowed Van Dyke in that yeah. final next to him. And yeah. that at 23, like, come on, the sky's the limit for Konate. Whew. Yeah, and, and you and I have talked about it previously. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was a little worried about the Ibrahim Akunat say um you know uh signing mm-hmm. i don't know why i just blanked on that but the <laughs> signing by liverpool previously mm-hmm. uh because it's not as if he was playing 50 plus games for red bull leipzig mm-hmm. it's not as if he had put together a year that was as breakout mm-hmm. as this particular season um was for him but man was it nice um if if there's a silver lining that liverpudlians can take um, from this particular match, it's that they have a very good one mm-hmm. in Ibrahima Konate um, over the next uh, several years, right? Yes. Maybe even a decade. Who knows? Um, but it was uh, particularly odd to see. Um, okay, we're, we're nitpicking here, mm-hmm. but it was particularly odd to see, say, you know, Virgil van Dijk not have his absolute best game, even though he had an True. absolutely amazing season. Mm-hmm. It was weird to see on the day that he, they needed him most a Trent Alexander-Arnold, maybe not able to have the same exact um, effect and to also see his defensive frailties in in a minor aspect, you know, a little ball watching on that Vinny goal, which we'll get to in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a little weird to kind of see all that happen. And still, still, and this means nothing, but still, Liverpool produced more XG. Liverpool had 24-plus shots to whatever, the four shots that Real Madrid had. But when it comes to a final, 
mm-hmm. when it comes to a semifinal, That's when it comes to a quarterfinal, nobody cares. Exactly. All the only only people that care. Are, are the people that are lifting the trophy at the end. Exactly. And that's what Real Madrid did. So, in, in man. finals, the winners are the ones that are mem- remembered. <laughs> yep, that's so. exactly right. And and I, I got it. You were talking about Ibrahima Konate mm-hmm. on the side of Liverpool. How good of a shift did Donny Carvajal put in? <laughs> I mean, I, I know you and I, me in particular, I, I did name him as one of the more underrated over the last few years. Um, and I kind of ate crow for that because he had like his three or four worst games this past season, mm-hmm. right after I mentioned that earlier this season. Um, but did he come through in not quite neutralizing Luis Diaz, but definitely keeping him obviously off the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Um, he kept him at bay uh, and he kind of ran it back and it was wonderful to see for, for Carvajal. Um, and that, that's, you know, that's not a guy that's been getting a whole lot of, um, media attention uh, because it rightfully so comes down to either Benzema and the goal scorer himself, who is having the season of his life, 22 goals, 22 or 20 assists. I mean, Vinicius Jr., man. (laughs) Vinicius is really balling, man. And you said Carvajal. And I just want to say people, Real still needs to get a right back. Okay. Cause Carvajal is aging. And that was yes. a big time. I think mentally, Real were ready. Okay, they have a lot mm-hmm. of aging players. And it makes sense that in one moment, in one game, when it matters, they go all in. And Carvajal did yeah. just that. Like the mentality. There was one moment there that he was one-on-one that he just pulled yeah. through. He just went yeah. through like the, the viciousness that he had. And the second player, I was going to I was gonna bash after that first half, Kroos. I was going to say, <laughs> Kamavinga should... Like, that first half, of course, wasn't good football, okay, by him. And in the second half, they came built different. Casemiro and Kroos came with the intention of winning. Casemiro destroyed Liverpool's midfield, okay? And Kroos just just made the right moves, the right tempo, the right rhythm. He was, I'd say Kroos in that game was Mm. one of the best I saw in the Champions League. Definitely by Kroos, okay? Definitely, because I saw frailties in the other games. This yeah. one, Kroos turned up, okay? Because it's a final. You can't redo that one. And he really no. knew that he had to go bold with it, and Kroos did exactly that. So, I, well, it's good. It, it is good. It, it's amazing to me. I mean, obviously, Tony Kroos, mm-hmm. um, Casemiro, and Luka Modric have cemented themselves as one of the top two, top three maybe even the top midfields of all time Sheesh. with this Champions League win, at least in terms of the most productive, um, definitely at the club level. Right? Five out of eight. Um, but, it, but yeah, but it is funny. Like Tony Kroos, 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 goodness, yeah. I'm, I'm having trouble. I'm like eight beers deep here. I can't say Kroos. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. But um, it is amazing to me, right, how, how polarized people are about him mm-hmm. these days. You know, it's like, Either in the same game where you and I might think he was pretty mm-hmm. damn world class, where every second ball was to him, where he was Mr. Distributor, mm-hmm. he he was, you know, very, very effective and efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, another person who's looking at the same game might say he he sucked. He was a waste of space. Impossible. You know, and it's final. <laughs> I, it, it, but it, exactly. But isn't it amazing, like how one guy can polarize him exactly. when he is the crux of what they do? And that's that's what Kamavinga is going to be in the future for mm-hmm. them. It's, you know, it really is uh, 
unsung almost mm-hmm. to to how good he has been this year when he hasn't even been at his absolute best. But you know who was at his absolute best? <laughs> the, yeah. the big boy that shut up English media. That's what I got to say. Oh. oh, yeah, it's true. Courtois, right? It is. It is. It is. Thibaut Courtois had nine saves. Some of those saves were just so inch perfect, so mm-hmm. ridiculously sound and technically perfect that um, it, it just surprises me that a man, after winning the Champions League, mm-hmm. right, decides that his first um, goal in life is to essentially vanquish and dismiss all of those doubters in the media and all those doubters that were former players that were talking about his time in England as if it was the worst thing in the world. I I know. I kind of love it too, but at the same time, it feels a little petty. I I know. A chip on his shoulder so like sharp Mm -hmm. that he just had to say, Oh, by the way, I just want the Champions League and y'all suck. <laughs> okay. Um, but mm-hmm. come on. He felt disrespected. If you feel disrespect, you feel like you got to prove something. Yeah. Whether you are the perennial Belgian, you know, goalkeeper or and you are, you know, some kid coming up. But this guy, um, th- this was not the first time he's done it. Right. Mm. He has been doing this time and time again for Real Madrid in this knockout round. And there's a reason why. The top or the most amount of saves in a knockout round game, mm-hmm. one, two, and three, are all Thibaut Courtois. He had nine saves in the final, and he had eight saves in two of the other knockout round games. So there is no other goalkeeper that has played such an outsized role for his club than Thibaut Courtois, and he st- stood big um, in this particular match, and uh, it showed because it pissed Jurgen Klopp off. Even Jurgen Klopp said, you know something's wrong with a game if the goalkeeper's the MVP. Well, it, it, he's got it. I, <laughs> Klopp, Klopp really, really went, really went. That's mad Klopp. That is mad, yeah, it is mad. Klopp. It is mad Klopp. And I, <laughs> what I got to say is like, Courtois, by mm-hmm. doing this, he clearly states to the world, he's not even yeah. a top five. He's a top three keeper in the world next to Allison debate. Next to yeah. whatever debate, if the English yeah. media is going to put a top 10 list of goalkeepers, mm-hmm. and I can almost assure you right now, they would put him top five at least, okay, winning the Champions League. So that just yeah. shows the recency bias, the, a lot of bias, but the quality yeah. is there. And Courtois showed, showed the world why he is the Galactico and why he is at Real Madrid because I am sure yeah. a lot of keepers in the Prem will love to be the keeper of Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. uh, woo, yeah. a lo- and I'm saying from the top teams, okay? That's what I mean. So, mm, but- yeah, I mean, I th- think think about who he's beaten to get where he's at, it's, and uh, yeah. you know, Kaylor Navas was shipped off elsewhere simply because uh, Thibaut Courtois was the the guy to take Real Madrid forward. No but 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 I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Um, there's something more to be said, right, mm-hmm. about the fact that, uh, and I wasn't sure of this before this game started. Mm-hmm. Um, Real Madrid wins finals, yeah. right? I don't know which Real Madrid player said that. I think it might have been Sergio Ramos. I'm not entirely sure, but Real Madrid wins finals or Modric, right? Um, and and that has never been more true because mm-hmm. when when their backs were against the wall. You know, when everything was stacked against them, they found a way to get it done, even not playing 
their mm-hmm. best football, which by the way, is a scary thought in of a, in and of itself, because if, and when Real Madrid finds their best football, mm-hmm. I, I think the world is in a little bit of trouble or at least world <laughs> football is in a little bit of trouble, but, but, but listen to this because this kind of drives it home. So they beat the top three of the premier league table, right? Mm-hmm. They beat PSG who it was UCL final or bust for PSG. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if we take, we can even overgeneralize this and take every Spanish team, okay? And in the last two decades, every Spanish team in a final of a major European tournament, every Spanish team that has gone up against a non-Spanish team, and it's been 17 different times this has happened, mm. every time the Spanish team has won. Every time they've won. So not only were we talking about a lot of Real Madrid, we're talking about the old days of Barcelona. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the old we're talking about in the Europa League of Sevilla and Villarreal, right? Mm-hmm. Every time they go up against non-Spanish teams, they get it done. They only eat their own. So it just goes to show that there is I th- I would actually say it's across the board in Spain. Mm-hmm. There is something to be said about a final is a final, yeah. and you only got to win one game to lift the trophy. And mm-hmm. these these Real Madrid man, just they they had it done. And, and going with what you said, you said nine Real Madrid players got yes. five Champions League trophies in yes. their locker, and that is the same amount of Champions League that Barcelona has in their history. Players like Modric. Amazing. Kazmir, Bale has the same amount of Champions League that Barcelona. And Bale became Amazing. the player with the most, uh, the British player with the most Champions League ever in history. So, yeah, it just shows you see him crack. Yeah, it does. And you saw him crack a smile, right? He actually <laughs> cracked a smile. He but, knew he was like the guy that did but, nothing in the whole group project, but like he still gets a trophy. <laughs> Uh, and, and yet he was there smiling <laughs> along with, uh, Eden, Eden Hazard. Um, that's, but that's Hey, bail. yeah, that's bail. That's bail. Uh, he's off to somewhere else after this and he'll be fine. Um, but Hey, uh, none of this could have been possible. I think, um, mm-hmm. well, maybe with Zidane, but we got to give credit where credit's due. And Don Carlo Ancelotti deserves mm-hmm. some credit all across the board. He now has two champions league wins with AC Milan, he has two Champions League wins with Real Madrid, uh, many years apart, uh, and he becomes the most, uh, the winningest coach uh, when it comes to the Champions League. And oh, by the way, mm. if you add in the fact that he won two as a player with AC Milan, uh, Carlo Ancelotti has a Champions League title in every decade from the 1980s. To the 2020s. That's insane. What? Crazy. Every it's decade. That, 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 right. that, that's right. as long as he's involved <laughs> in football, he gets a Champions League every decade. That's how it rolls yeah. with Ancelotti. Oh Amazing. my days. And what what with trophies? I gotta shout out to Marcelo. Mm-hmm. Marcelo has tw- he had 24, but he got 25. He was already the record breaker with 24 titles at Real Madrid. But now, Marcelo has 25 titles with Real Madrid, making him the player with the most titles in Real Madrid history, yeah. okay? What a way to leave the club. In style, Seriously. Man. 
Marcel, Eia, que jogador. I, I know. I, it's, it's called stat padding, right? With Marcelo. <laughs> But it, it's funny. Like, he, on the sideline, it meant everything for him. Mm -hmm. Because you know, you know the role he plays mm -hmm. is so much more in yes. that locker room than it is him on the field. He knows his role. He, ad he adopted his role. He basically knows that he is there to counsel mm -hmm. uh, for the most part and, and provide uh, support where support is due. Um, but, but I do have to say, you have these nine players, Marcelo, one of them, um, and several other, like a Luka, Luka Modric, who is aging like fine wine as he has mm -hmm. so been um, equated to. I do have to ask you a really tough question, mm. right? And, and you know... Okay, you're Portuguese. All right. Okay, you and I have this debate about Ronaldo versus Messi. I pick Messi, you pick Ronaldo. Understandable. It's a debate we can always continue to have. But when it comes down to it, I do have to ask you a serious question about what, you know, getting Cristiano Ronaldo's headspace right now. With the success that Real Madrid is currently having without him, mm -hmm. do you feel like he has any twinge of regret ever leaving for Juventus, ever leaving for Manchester United? Or... He, more than likely he's not this type of person mm -hmm. um or do you think that you know he just doesn't care i think in his mind he he, yeah. he won't he won't he won't think about it but yeah. in the back of it for sure he must think i should have stayed one or two years now but i think the yeah. challenge of going to juve and now going back to the prem i do think he's just the guy that always wants the next thing the next thing the next thing And I just, it was meant to happen. Eventually he yeah. would leave. And I feel like the, not between the players, but yeah. the relationship with Ronaldo and the top with Florentino, I don't know what happened there, but I think money and image rights were yeah. involved in both ways parting. So I'm, I do think there's a bit of regret, but I think there's even more regret or there should be in my opinion regret Mbappé man I know he's getting 300 600 I don't know how many millions close to billions but still <laughs> if he sees what Real Madrid did that is greatness and if you add Mbappé to the greatness of this Real Madrid team It's a beautiful legacy. And that's It what is. I can't understand. How does he go to Real Madrid, man? Woo! I, I mean, I mean, Kylian Mbappe hasn't come out and said it yet, but his mom, his mm. mom liked a tweet. You ready for this? Mm. Let's hinge everything on this. His mom liked a tweet saying that, hey, Real Madrid just won La Liga. Real Madrid just won the Champions League, and they did it all without Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> What more is there to do? What more is there for my son to do at Real Madrid? So why shouldn't he stay at PSG? And now I'm just playing devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't he stay at PSG? And why shouldn't he collect the paycheck he's going to get, but stay at PSG and try and bring them the one thing that, that has eluded them um, at you know over the last 10 years since they got their money? Well, right? PS the but I get you, but PSG ain't have a rival like Barcelona in the same league. No, that's, <laughs> no, it's that's the, definitely true. And like, it's the truth is, if Mbappe had gone to Real Madrid, La Liga would be reborn. La Liga yeah. would be reborn because Lewandowski, he's the missing piece at Barca, and Barca is in an ascendance. And if Mbappe mm -hmm. had gone, you know. So, eesh, but bad times. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the funny thing is, uh, back when... I, I don't know. Would PSG even have a rival if it was like the Lyon of old, 
right? The Leon of Juninho uh, of Kareem Benzema. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but ultimately, uh, what can you say? Florentino Perez, uh, Ancelotti, mm-hmm. all of the top brass of, of Real Madrid basically came out and said, this is not Kylian Mbappe's day. This is mm-hmm. not, you know, we're not going to talk about Kylian Mbappe. This is all Real Madrid. And you know what? <laughs> They're absolutely right. They because are. Um, they are. statistically, Real Madrid did not deserve to win this Champions League. But mm. via heart, via determination, via uh, never backing down, mm-hmm. via having Karim Benzema on your team and Vinicius on your team, um, they were able to win their 14th trophy. And the craziest thing that we, I don't think you and I have wrapped our heads around that much mm. is that they are setting themselves up architecture-wise. Mm-hmm. They're setting themselves up yeah. for many more after this. This doesn't seem like a one-off, one-and-done type of situation uh, flash in the pan. This seems like Real Madrid uh, has the resources and the young players um, and the the blend of old players to, to throw in there as well, mm-hmm. uh, that they could be doing this many years to come. Well, um, which signing Rudiger and Chouameni maybe? That is yeah, the maybe. right moves. And mm-hmm. just ending the point of like buying out, like that's exactly what PSG did with Monaco for Mbappe. They just bought out the best player that make Monaco win the league. They were like, yeah. no can do. You're going to PSG now. So, like, yeah. Leon. So, PSG. Yeah. That's well, Man, Man City bought the others, right? <laughs> well, true, true. And yeah, Liverpool still got managed to get Fabinho, though. That was a good one. <laughs> but, yeah. That was a good one. But I get you, though. Like, cheese. But Real Madrid built different. And, yeah, the, the levels are very, very now, high. Very high. Yeah, now, now I got to go from the positive to uh, borderline <laughs> negative here. I have to ask you. Mm. So second place in Premier League, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and let me preface this with, I believe Jurgen Klopp is obviously a world club, uh, world-class manager and uh, he doesn't care what I think. Uh, but ultimately, um, second place in the Premier League, mm-hmm. um, you, you miss out on the Champions League final, but you win the Carabao Cup, you win the FA Cup and you don't score a goal, but you win on penalties. Um, mm-hmm. What is this a successful year for Jurgen Klopp? I think the fact that Liverpool getting two trophies and the fact that he was always in contention, yes. But I think for Klopp and for Liverpool fans, there's a sense of defeat because they didn't get nor the Premier League or the Champions League. I understand right. it, but if, if, if you see the parade today, like I'll be honest, they deserve that parade because, yeah, I feel like just being involved at all times is quite difficult and but uh, yeah i just gotta highlight those, them and just so i don't forget fede valverde too fede valverde oh, yeah. the engine of real madrid the uruguayan genius in midfield that never stops and now guaranteed he ain't leaving mm-hmm. real madrid and i'd love to see people now putting those debates of deong valverde like everybody that was sleeping on valverde now now you can't. And now it's a proper debate between De Jong and Valverde. And well, considering that final, I haven't seen De Jong play finals like that. Okay, so. Yeah, no, that's true. And and I'll tell you what, Fede Valverde, um, mm-hmm. Uruguay is going to be tough to handle uh, in this World Cup. And, and Valverde's we'll got an that. engine on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, all right. I like your confidence. Hopefully. Um, but, you know, and the only reason I bring up the whole mm-hmm. – kind of a BS, you know, okay, maybe it's for clicks, who knows, type of clop 
is it a serious year, a successful year? Is, you know, Jurgen Klopp was obviously just named Premier League manager of the season. Yes. Uh, and obviously you can see where I'm directing you in that mm-hmm. when all when all is said and done, do I think Jurgen Klopp should have gotten it? Uh, do I think he could deserve it? Sure. But if you're going to give it to him, you probably have to give it to Pep. Pep won the league. Mm. Um, you know, because we're not taking in his trek to the FA Cup final. We're not taking in um, the fact that they had to play every fixture. It's the Premier League manager of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if Pep wasn't good enough and and um, Jurgen Klopp wins it, I really would have rather them seen or rather them named somebody that did more with a whole lot less, like a Graham Potter, right? Like a uh, Thomas Frank at Brentford, like a Eddie Howe. I know for his you know seven months of work with Newcastle or five months of work with Newcastle. Um, so I, you know I'm just kind of highlighting the. I know Liverpool fans, uh, many of them are going to leave with just a ridiculously bittersweet taste in their mouth. And then on top of that, they get it compounded. They get slapped in the face. They wake up the next morning. And what's the first big thing that comes across their, you know, their screen? It's you're losing Sadio Mane, right? So now you go from losing the Premier League, losing the Champions League, and now one of the origins, the OGs, Mm -hmm. right? One of the OGs of that ridiculous attack that Jurgen Klopp architected and put together, um, he's likely going to be leaving. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, mm. I just really wanted to bring that up because for many Liverpool fans, they're like, okay, Premier League coach of the season, great, but like it doesn't feel successful to us because our expectations are up here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like kept not winning the Champions League. Um, but then starting this massive rumor that the Premier League is much harder than the Champions League uh, to win. And before you know it, everybody is doing what? They're not looking at Pep. They're actually arguing whether or not it's easier or harder to win the Premier League versus the Champions League. There's no Real Madrid in the, Champions, in the Premier League. <laughs> There's nope. no Real Madrid in the no. Premier League. That's what I got to say. <laughs> it's, it's true. Because if there was, yeah. apparently they beat them because based on their uh, track record... Yeah, Real Madrid's got any non-Spanish team's uh, yeah number. number. But <laughs> oh, anyway, Jinx. <laughs> Jinx. And just so I don't forget, Konate. Yes. This is the first match that Konate lost in a Liverpool oh jersey. Yeah. The first match, like, just shows how good of a talent Konate really is, man. The first match against Real Madrid. Of all teams, really man. Is. Oh, but put down yeah. below your thoughts about the Champions League final, people. Go bold and tell us what do you think. Who man of the match? Courtois, right, people? Tell us down below. So now transfers. You hinted the big one, the one that everybody's yeah. talking, and it's the domino effect that Sadio Mane is hinted to go to Bayern Munich, and in my opinion. Yes. It's the best deal for Sadio Mane, honestly. It's a team that's going to lose Lewandowski and is in need of a star. Someone that can shine as bright as Lewandowski. And Sadio Mane wants to prove to the world that he deserves the Ballon d'Or. So if he manages manages to do the incredible, we never Mm -hmm. know. But if Lewandowski didn't win the Ballon d'Or there, you know? So it's it's a hard one, but... I think it's a good choice for, for Mane to create a, a, another legacy now at Bayern Munich. And, yeah, they need wingers if Gnabry's going too. So, uh, it's a good move. Yeah. It's a good move. Gnabry going too, right. And you think he's going back to Arsenal. Hey, uh, I, no. If Champions League... Do you think... Yeah, I think, I think they're content, contenders to get him. Yeah. I, th- I think enough. he's coming to the Prem. I believe he's coming oh, yeah. to the Prem because the money... 
I think it's 40 million. But, uh, but yeah, but Arsenal, they have the uh, money. But the Champions yeah. League football, but yeah. Not so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could have, but they didn't. No, I mean, the Sadio Mane, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that rumor, right, that he was going to Bayern. I wonder if this affected anything, but mm-hmm. how the hell are you ever going to know? Um, this rumor came out at the beginning of this week, mm-hmm. right? Uh, beginning of Champions League week. And, and um, right after the, the loss, apparently he announces to everybody that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fabrizio Romano has, uh, has said, while Bayern is in pole position to land him for 32 million euros, um, others might come in to disrupt that. I don't know what others. He didn't mention what mm. others. But yeah, I mean, Bayern, when all is said and done, is doing hard work. But I do just have to bring up, if, if Sadio Mane leaves, oh wait, he is leaving. <laughs> As he moves on, mm-hmm. let's reflect on it because he made 269 appearances for Liverpool, 120 goals scored, 48 assists. He won them six trophies. He's won an AFCON title with Senegal. Um, he's taken his game to a whole new level, uh, a consistency to a whole new level. Um, I mean, he's gone from a guy that could do something to a guy that is doing something. And, you know, it is it is a joy to watch. And if he does it at Bayern next... Um, mm-hmm. It's going to really complicate um, Dortmund and Leverkusen, <laughs> Leipzig's plans to dethrone Bayern at some point. Um, but mm-hmm. man, oh man, will it be tough to replace him? Like, I, I honestly don't think it's as easy as people think. And and it just uh, shows. Like, I remember when he was leaving Southampton to Liverpool, there was a proper, mm-hmm. like, proper news about him going to United instead. So it just shows, yeah. like, one decision of his career would have made a difference okay mm-hmm. of picking united instead of liverpool so thank god sadio mane made the right yeah. decision and picked klopp and liverpool because now the and legacy that he leaves behind beautiful and here's something to remember because as we move into these other transfers um i keep wrestling with the fact why are some players going some places where there's no champions league football right mm-hmm. And you could say for the money, but there's also this whole sporting project thing to talk about. Mm. And Sadio Mane, right, went to Liverpool before Liverpool was really anything again, mm-hmm. right? I mean, okay, yes, you had your Suarez and your Gerard years, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and then you have Klopp, right? So he joined essentially that that project and mm-hmm. that project to to take Liverpool to the upper echelon of excellence. Um, again, and, and he was on his way, and, and he was probably, you can even make the argument, he was probably one of the reasons why they got over the top. They got mm-hmm. over the hump, and they were able to um, do what they've done over the last few years. Um, but it's just this wrestling between, like, oh, wait, they, they want to go where? Uh, because elsewhere in the Premier League, we've got some transfer targets that we we kind of expected to go elsewhere are, are going... But just on yeah. Bayern, just on Bayern Munich, you said oh, there's yeah, doubts yeah, yeah. with Sadio Mane, but there's two yeah. players that just signed and pretty good, in my opinion, that are going to mm-hmm. add a ton of quality. And one of them is Gravenberch, okay, signing oh, yeah. for Bayern, okay, for 20 million plus 5 million in variables, contract signed until yeah. 2027. And I got to say, this is the right move for the future. The future. Mm-hmm. Of Bayern in midfield with Kimish, Gravenberch, mm-hmm. and Musiala mm-hmm. is just beautiful. Just it's beautiful. Fun. And it's the right one to compete with the likes of Dortmund, Leipzig. All these teams have growing young midfields that, yeah, the potential is unreal too. So 
I think Bayern yeah. is just anticipating, and this means, in my opinion, the departure of Tolisso, which mm-hmm. great player. Uh, but yeah, Gravenberch is what's needed, and yeah, he will improve an awful lot. Well, Gravin Birch is, you know, I, I know he's only 19 or he may have just turned 20, but he, he has seemed to be Mr. Durability, right? Sure. He had some consistency, as you expect with a player of his age, mm-hmm. but he had some consistency issues earlier this year. He wasn't playing his best football, and yet he was starting mm-hmm. for Ajax, uh, who ended up winning the Eredivisie. Um, but uh, it will be an upgrade over Toliso, who mm-hmm. is great when he's healthy for them, but is rarely healthy for <laughs> Bayern. So uh, uh, that that midfield, that future is ridiculous. They also added Nusser uh, Mazraoui uh, at right back, which means that Sergino Desk will not be landing <laughs> at Bayern Munich anytime soon. Um, but no. yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe the Prem, we'll see. But it comes down to the fact that Bayern, I think, is trying to get ahead of something, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe Robert Lewandowski has forced their hand by mm-hmm. saying, you know, I'd like to take on a different challenge. Yes. And that has forced the top brass at Bayern to be like, well, maybe it's time to start getting a little bit younger, <laughs> right? And doing a little turnover thing and doing it sooner rather than riding Thomas Mueller and Robert Lewandowski into the sunset, mm-hmm. right? And hoping they just last forever. So I think it's smart, mm-hmm. although it might make them maybe less competitive in the near future. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For a Champions League final, um, I think in the next two to three to four years, depending on the development of some of these players, mm-hmm. um, Byron is could have that handle on the Bundesliga as they already do and, and that's, could be winning a Champions League again. And that's why I think even Nagelsmann is a risk for the club, yeah. man. A young manager, and considering that he was eliminated by Villarreal, okay, like, mm. people must be still thinking at the Bayern camp, like, this is his season. He's got a lot to prove still. And, yeah, Bayern fans were expecting to be in a final, as they should. <laughs> So mm-hmm. there has to be, it has to be improvement. And, and you're mentioning, you're mentioning that Bayern knows that they have to invest in the youth. And I totally agree. And it's because they just look next door and they see what's happening. And they see that for, it's not hard if they see that their center back goes to, goes to Dortmund, right? So it's like yes. Dortmund just made another amazing deal because we weekly, we're talking about Dortmund and Dortmund yes. managed to sign Another Man City Academy prospect that is named Jaden, Jaden, Jaden Braff. Okay, <laughs> not Jaden Sancho, Jaden Braff. And the and the fact they play so similar, both is just unbelievable. And I'm fully expecting this kid, Jaden Braff, from City Academy, to have an instant impact at Dortmund. I really believe he's gonna be hit the money straight away. So people, watch out for him and great move by Dortmund. Yeah, man. Same same first name spelled differently. Uh, but he was also in the Manchester City uh, setup. Uh, and then he went on loan, I believe, to Udinese uh, in Serie A and, and made his four professional appearances there before, I think, running into injury issues. Um, but mm-hmm. if you look anything up about Jaden Braff... Was it Udinese, I, right? Udinese. Yeah, it was at Udinese, yep. And if you look anything up about Jaden Braff, all you're going to see are highlight tapes for days, right? <laughs> the kid will take anybody on. Yeah. Um, he's fearless. He's fun to watch. Um, and I think you put him in a Dortmund setup where they are not, they're not afraid to play a player like that and mm-hmm. let him play for the mistakes. Uh, I absolutely agree with you that it is a wonderful low risk 
high reward type of situation for uh, Dortmund, especially when you consider the rest of the transfer window they've already had when the window's not even open. You mentioned they got <laughs> Sula. Sula coming in as a center back, established center back, Bundesliga winning center back. And then on top of that, getting the young Nico Schlatterbeck to be another center back, their biggest point of weakness last season, mm-hmm. right? Um, that is massive. Freiburg went to the um, DFB Pokal final, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Schlatterbeck was one of their best players or the best player they had all season. Uh, and then on top of that, you bring in the prolific RB Salzburg Champions League experience, Kareem Adeyemi, Goodness right? Um, mm-hmm. You bring him in to fight with Daniel Malin, to fight with Mukoko, if you can hold on to him. Um, and it. It, you've, got the, you've got the makings of a fun, fun team if they can stay healthy. <laughs> uh, but the other one that went under the way, radar because Ox, Axel Witzel is leaving mm-hmm. and he's headed to MLS. Um, they are actually bringing in this 24-year-old, Sali Ozkan, mm. who just played his first cap for Turkey. I don't know too much about him uh, in terms of the particulars of how he plays, but I do know that he is tidy, and I know he's consistent. And if you're asking for any sort of depth, which is exactly what Dortmund's trying to build here, um, he's the type of guy you want. So he could wind up being an actual bigger player for them next season than most people think. Uh, but... I love so far, and Dortmund hasn't even, we haven't even opened the door on the transfer window yet. I already love this Dortmund window, um, and I'll, I'll be interested to see how other people in the Bundesliga, how other teams respond. It's great but, management. It's always trusting the youth, Dortmund, and we love to see it. But we see a couple of more teams trusting the youth, and we got a huge example, okay, huge, mm-hmm. because Leverkusen went bold with the Wonder Kids. They managed yeah. to get the, the 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 Czech Republic beast that everybody talks about, youngster Adam Holzek, okay, as signed for Leverkusen. And boy, oh boy, is that a terrific deal. This is a proper finisher, a proper finisher. And I was expecting him to go to Bayern Munich, okay? Yeah. So Leverkusen signing him up, big, good job, really good job. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought with their uh, Czech Republic uh, or their Czech contingent at West Ham, I thought West Ham had a really, really good shot at getting Hlozek. Um the, the most surprising thing. So Adam Hlozek can play winger. He can play in the center. He can play as a, uh, a, a second striker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 19 years old. He's played, you know, most of his career uh, with Spark the Prague. Most all of his career with Spark the Prague has already broken onto the into the Czech team. And oh, by the way, he's already teammates with a certain guy that they just extended at Bayer Leverkusen, who had the season of his life scoring 24 Bundesliga goals. Sheesh. And they just extended his contract. There it's gonna be Hlozek and Patrick Schick hey. for Bayer Leverkusen. And it's gonna be Sardar Osmoon, who only really got a little taste um at the end of this past year. So you got Osmoon, Schick, you got Hlozek. You got Musa Diaby if they can keep him around, and I know you have a little more information on that for us. And then you've got um, uh, hopefully a healthy Viertz, right? <laughs> um, so I, I just love. I have a soft spot for the the for the uh, work self, and thirteen million euros mm-hmm. is what it cost them for Holozak. And if you're talking about low risk, high high possible reward, I can't think of anything better. But I, I just. 
wait to watch this kid, Hlozek, if you haven't seen him before. Um, he is and can be even better than he is, but in his current state, he's good enough to mm-hmm. be very, very good in the Bundesliga. My only um, worry with Hlozek is injuries. Yeah. Like, because he had yeah. a time that he was injured for a long time. And I just yeah. hope that doesn't happen at Leverkusen. And you mentioned Wirtz. They already had yeah. a tough ACL with an 18-year-old. If they get Holzek yeah. and he's injury prone too, like that yeah. that wouldn't be that wouldn't be good. But you mentioned you sure. said it, Musa Diaby. And yes, I don't mm-hmm. believe Musa Diaby is gonna stay at Bar Leverkusen because I just feel the flashlights in the Prem are all on yeah. him right now. And we got three clubs, Tottenham. Newcastle and Arsenal are all interested in Moussa Diaby. And I got to say, it makes tremendous sense. And whoever signs him for 30 million, in my opinion, it's a bargain. It's a bargain because this is a French national team caliber player at the wing. And that is underrated if he's not talked throughout the world, man, considering how good France is. So if they can get it for 30 million, that's a cheap price. And for Newcastle, I feel mm-hmm. like that would be beautiful. The, if they could get Moussa Diaby and oh Jesus, and it, and it, it would be a, such a good move. But for Arsenal, like I'd yeah. expect Arsenal winning like the this bidding war if they if there is one. So yeah. um, mm. let's see. But yeah, it's it's yeah. Tough well, you know. The the price might be thirty million, but let's be honest. For Newcastle, <laughs> they'll probably make it fifty five or sixty million. You nice. know, just to make sure that yeah. Uh, nice. No, but I I really do. If Musa Diaby put in a year mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. Bear Leverkusen, that obviously deserves a bigger move if he wants one, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, and Lake Keep, I believe, is the one that's currently reporting that Newcastle is in pole position to land him. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that also falls through because it's just early stage transfer window, you know, window dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think Musa Diaby, uh, what a season he's had for a team that also, just like Dortmund and probably less reported than like Dortmund, um, also went through its ridiculous share of injuries this mm-hmm. season. Like their whole back line, Tapsobo was out for a long time. Jonathan Ta was out for a long oh, time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ezekiel uh, Palacios, Jeremy Frimpong was out for a while. I mean, these guys have had... And then Wirtz. Um, Leverkusen and Barca, working hand in hand. Yeah, you man. Know? Injuries. Yeah, exactly. What? Injuries, like, dude. Amount. I didn't, that's a crazy amount, too, at Leverkusen. Oh, my days. And just so I don't forget, because I mentioned Arsenal fast, okay? I just mm-hmm. saw this news, and I was like, I got to say, it's a Breton. How is Morata... The man that is rumored to go to Arsenal. It makes no sense that we see last transfer window, last summer, all yeah. this this youth contingent, all this built for the future. And now the first move of this transfer window for Arsenal is reportedly Morata. Morata? It doesn't did you, make sense, man. Morata. Yeah, and you're, and you're reading up on this deal. Did you find out who the agent was? Because <laughs> I need to know who the agent was because he can broker any deal uh, for my family uh, in the future because this guy keeps getting Morata deal after deal after deal and playing for clubs that I don't know on paper or when you watch him, I, you just look at Alvaro Morata, and I get it. He's a different player for Spain, as you you mentioned when we chatted about mm-hmm. this previously. Um, but when he plays for a club, he has his days. Let's be honest. He does. He has his days. But the majority of the time, 
it's very just passable. Mm -hmm. It's it's it doesn't it doesn't support the amount of money spent on this individual Jeez, ever. True. Back and, and forth. And the fact that he's yeah. more than a hundred million, right, in transfers right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Back and forth, he's like, and considering he was a Real Madrid prospect, like people say yeah. that Barça Academy, Barça Academy, La Fabrica delivers too, and seems yeah. like Morata, what a career he had, man! What a career! Uh, like he's having, uh, sorry, not he had, he's having. Oh yeah, because uh, he might, yeah, he might be back in the prem, and um, <laughs> uh, with our, you're you're right though, I, the fact that that's the first target, um, to to really come out about with Arsenal. Um, doesn't make much sense unless someone's just trying to muddy the waters to muddy the waters. But, True. Uh, but my guess is it's all heating up and the Premier League, um, True. you don't even need to heat up in the Premier League because <laughs> there's already one club in the Premier League that apparently has, I guess, a hotline to some of the best players out there mm. trying to get them in the door without Champions League football to offer them, trying to get them in the door oh. before any of these other clubs wise up and how the heck is Aston Villa and Stevie Gerrard so damn sneaky that they're able to go in and get the guy that I think is one of the better center backs out there that's available for cheap, Diego Carlos, after landing Coutinho, after landing Buba Camara via free, I, I, they already have had one of the best Premier League uh, transfer windows and it hasn't started. It's like Dortmund... Uh, in the Premier League, like, is it really just Stevie G's clout? I, I honestly believe it is. I honestly My believe God. Stevie G just goes on the phone, says his ambitions. And, and yeah. the truth is, Aston Villa yeah. was playing good football, man. Was playing proper good football. Mm -hmm. And they were going neck and neck in, in styles of play. Not in a... Yeah. They weren't, like, just parking the bus at the back. They were going neck and neck and playing good football. And the fact that it is... For me, Aston Villa has like a top five goalkeeper in the world, man, with Emiliano Martinez. So if they want to like secure with a center back up forwards to one of the best, oh my, this it makes total sense, man. Unbelievable. It, it does. And, and, and let's be honest, they spent their Jack Grealish money like drunken sailors. <laughs> uh, so it, 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 it hope, I hope they hit a little bit better. And it certainly seems like on paper, yeah. they're going to hit a little bit better than, say, you know, Leon Bailey and um, who's the other one? Buendia and Danny Ings. Mm. I mean, Buendia can still come good. He played a few good games near the Maybe. end of the season and has dealt with injuries. Uh, but yeah, you you were mentioning you got Emmy Martinez in the in goal. Mm -hmm. um, how about this back line? You've yes. now got Everton want away, right? Lucas Dina mm -hmm. at the left. You've got Diego Carlos in the middle. You've got Tyrone Mings if they can hold on to him in the middle. And you've got Matty Cash at the right and you can swap Buba Kamara in for either. Well, not either of them, either the center backs mm -hmm. if needed, even though he's primarily a D mid, I love this back line. Um, I don't know how good they might be, but I mean, how good do you think this back line is when ranking it up against other Premier league teams? I, I'd say it's, I'd say it's definitely a top eight, definitely okay. a top eight, definitely a top eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In so Euro, they can get Euro. Well, it's, it's it, the, the defense, the defense. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I honestly, I'm really hopeful to see how they merge together because obviously mm -hmm. that's very important in the preseason. But yeah. I'm very hopeful, man, because TVG, it's just, it's just, ah, oh, it looks magnificent, man. It looks like everything's going right. 
too right maybe yeah. but yeah, i do think exactly. one or two players might leave aston villa so let's wait and see because we have a lot of rumors to barca right about about a about a youngster carney right you you, you mentioned um to barcelona to uh, barcelona uh but if not coutinho went to aston villa for 20 million so trincao trincao is the yeah. other player that i feel is gonna leave barcelona yeah. too and i do feel it's gonna be 15 20 so barca yeah. fans you are getting cash flow okay selling these yeah. two and getting 40 million with both it's it's great and coutinho reportedly yeah. he was getting i think 550k a week at barcelona and now at aston villa he's getting 120k a week so it, it seems right <laughs> it how seems will right. he ever, how will he ever survive uh <laughs> he's, he's cutting his paycheck in fourth right um no uh, you you did mention yes carney chukwameka mm-hmm. um yes yeah i mean it's the the villain uh, the villa uh academy mm-hmm. is absolutely wonderful um they haven't yet created you know how they used to create but they are getting there mm-hmm. and yeah carney chukwameka i don't know if i saw that one i don't think mm-hmm. i brought that one to the table with us mm-hmm. in potentially to barcelona but mm-hmm. uh whew, that happens good on barcelona for there's there's a bit of news reeling him in there's a bit of news wow yeah and if that's that one, interesting i'm gonna lead up with one that i feel like i'm i'm crazy on this transfer and for me it just makes total sense that a team like conte with tottenham uh eyes up for this player and ivan perisic is going to tottenham and it makes yes. total sense for perisic because conte was the one who converted him into a wing back and i'm telling you people if tottenham is signing perisic the first signing they are gonna go bold next season i am putting my chips on conte and tottenham on getting a trophy next season because perisic is the type of move i want to see and i love it i love it i don't see other teams like arsenal comparing arsenal like getting morata perisic Mm. tottenham Night and day, yeah. night and day. Well, you know, it, it's night it's funny day. though because because if if Ivan Perisic didn't have the season or the last several seasons that he has had, right? Mm-hmm. We'd just be talking to him about talking about some thirty three year old that like used to be pretty good that might have something left in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently, Croatians tend to age like fine wine, mm. and apparently, they're also you know a very rare material to uh, ever winning a Champions League title, Mm. okay? Because if you want to win a Champions League title in the last 10 years, you needed to have a Croatian on the books. What? Um, Yeah. Luka Modric, uh, Mateo Kovacic. Um, uh, Of course, I'm going to blank on all the other ones, but fill them them in the uh, below. Even Mandzukic type beat. You got so so many titles. But yeah, that, that, that that's a weird that's a bold stat by Croatia. A small and country. The one that, beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And and the one that racked my brain, I was trying to think about it when when I forget somebody tweeted it to me. Mm-hmm. Um was uh who was the Croatian? And this is a question for you. Mm. Who was the Cro- Croatian on Liverpool when they won the Champions League title? <sighs> Who is the Croatian? Ah, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Who? I didn't think he was Croatian, but I was wrong, I guess. It's Dejan Lovren. 
Ah, yes, Dejan Love. Yeah. Yep. I thought he was already off the books by then, but I guess not. <laughs> and, um, and the but other, it is it's the other Croatian, funny thing oh, sorry. is, yeah, sorry. The other Croatian I just wanna just wanna mention, and it's Rakitic. Rakitic, oh. one of the most underrated players in the in recent football history, in my opinion. And yeah, he's mm -hmm. definitely one of those players that got that title in those 10 years. Yes, he did. That was Barcelona, right? Um, he, uh, well, that's mm -hmm. the Ivan Perisic, that signing, you're absolutely, you know, yes. when you look at it on paper, you're like, it's a 33-year-old. No, 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 no. It's so much more than that, right? Exactly. If you look at what he was and what he did for Inter, right? Um, mm -hmm. He is a brilliant signing. The relationship he already has with Conte... Um, uh, you know, what he, how he fits into that particular system. Mm -hmm. uh, Perisic is a great signing. And I don't know if I'm quite on your level just yet mm -hmm. with the uh, cup win or any win next year for Antonio Conte and Tottenham. I but I am definitely here for the progress of Spurs, especially, especially if they can hold on to Harry Kane but you were telling me before we got on here that that might not be a thing. It's it's Harry Kane's co contract <laughs> extension is put in doubt, and I do oh. believe this season, mm. I if I, do, I don't if Liverpool really wants to sign a proper replacement for Sadio Mane, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I'd go for Harry Kane. I'd go well. for Harry Kane because imagine for me, Harry Kane is Firmino with the mm -hmm. assists. And the goals oh. in a ridiculous number. So if there was an attack with yeah. Harry Kane, Mo Salah, and Luis Diaz, oh my God, I think City wouldn't have a chance, okay? Even with well, Haaland. Even with Haaland. Well, yeah, I'm going bold, well, man. Kane to Liverpool, that's a bold deal. That is a game-changing. game cha But yeah, Tottenham, they just need to retain Kane, in my opinion. And yeah, it's gonna be hard for Conte, but Conte has to step up. And he, this this top four of the Prem is just unbelievable. Then you have Newcastle growing too, like yeah. it's every it's for you got you got enemies everywhere. <laughs> it's I not, know it's not like top four, like just these four. It's like everyone. Oh, my and they're God. all properly financed too, because we didn't even really mention how Spurs just came into a nice little hundred and fifty million dollar <laughs> windfall. Um, or I should say 150 million pound windfall. Um, so you, yeah, he, he's, he's armed to the teeth uh, mm -hmm. to go out and support Kane or keep Kane. Um, but I will tell you, and, and I agree with you, obviously if Liverpool had Harry Kane mm -hmm. um, in this Champions League final, my mm. guess is that they probably wouldn't have gone scoreless. Uh, but man, yeah, but just so much. We don't know because Kane still has to get those titles. He still has got to prove does. himself with those titles, man. But oh, but no. there was another signing in the Prem, right? That was quite hit your yeah. home. Hit your home. Oh, hit, hitting home is uh, it, it, it gets misused a lot, right? Hitting home, but this actually literally does hit home. <laughs> um, Brendan Aronson becomes the second most expensive. American footballer ever behind Christian Pulisic. He was just signed by Leeds United uh, for 30 million euros. Um, and, he, you know, here's how close to home it is. I grew up in Haddonfield, New Jersey, in South Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. A couple miles down the road was Medford, New Jersey. Uh, my wife played for club teams in Medford called Medford Strikers, right? Um, I 
we have played countless tournaments in and around Medford. Oh. Um, we know the Aronson family, right? Uh, Brendan Aronson came out of this fledgling Philadelphia Union Academy um, that now has given the Philadelphia Union a wonderful windfall mm -hmm. um, to continue to build their academy. But more importantly, let's go to Brendan Aronson. <laughs> Brendan Aronson was not just wanted because Jesse Marsh was an American coach. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, saved, saved Leeds United from relegation. No, no, no. He was a target of Leeds United and their hard pressing and their relentless um, running uh, type of Marcelo Bielsa tactic. Um, he was wanted by Marcelo Bielsa. Why? Because if you look at the metrics behind Brendan Aronson, he is the hardest running or one of the hardest running, at least in the top 1% of literally every European league. Mm -hmm. Okay. He is relentless. He is an endless engine. I think he needs to improve his efficiency of using his engine so that, you know, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes you're not just running to run. Mm -hmm. But Brendan Aronson has gone from Philadelphia Union MLS pipsqueak, uh, you know, slight and not that big and getting knocked around to learn, um, earning this move to Red Bull Salzburg, leading them into the knockout rounds of the Champions League, which is unheard of for an Austrian team, to landing a big Premier League role. And he even accounted it himself uh, in an interview with Leeds United. He basically said uh, he knew the deal was either on or off with whether or not they stayed in the Premier League. And he was somewhere in Salzburg or somewhere in Vienna watching it with his girlfriend, pacing up and down that final match day uh, game with Leeds United. And, uh, oh. you know, when all is said and done, I am going to say it right now, I'm absolutely biased, but I really do believe that Leeds United fans, you will learn to love Brendan Aronson and everything he gives you. Because if you appreciate how Daniel James plays, if you appreciate how Calvin Phillips plays, right, with their heart on their sleeve, always running, Brendan Aronson is the exact type of player he just might be able to pip out a nice through ball a little bit more, or he can work through tight spaces. He's got things he's got to work on, mm -hmm. but he's young, he's hungry, and he's exciting. Um, so I, I'm really, though biased, excited about this Brendan Aronson move to Leeds. Love it, love it. And the fact that he went to Salzburg to develop before going to the Prem just makes yeah. me believe in him so much more because he got that learning process and he's been in the champions league and he's got a lot to add to leads too so i'm hyped about it i, I hyped about that and you mentioned fast calvin yeah. phillips calvin phillips yes. in my opinion is going to man city why Ooh. because it just makes total sense okay Khodri replacement needed because fernandinho is going and Calvin Phillips is the man to do the job. He does those pinpoint passes that Guardiola needs. And he does the tackling and the positioning at the back to sustain that defense. So, people, yeah. I fully expect Calvin Phillips not to go to Man United, as I see some <laughs> news saying. But no. to go to Man City instead. Because, yeah, it just makes a ton more sense. But I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned yeah. Philly fast. And I see yeah. some some news about a big boy <laughs> player heading to the MLS, and I want to ask you: Is big Messi <laughs> is yeah. Messi going to the MLS, Retton? Yeah. Well, you know, I am never going to be the one to argue with Tim Howard with how much of a legend he is. He's the one that 
on this show said that Leo Messi is coming to the States. Mm. I don't think he attributed a time frame to when he was coming to the States, but I can pretty much unequivocally say that it's not a matter of if Leo Messi comes to Major League Soccer, it's just a matter of when. Um, and while I believe that the um, the offering of 35% of Inter-Miami <laughs> to Lionel Messi to get him to uh, Miami with David Beckham, uh, while I believe that that might have been tabloid fodder, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's really that far off to mm-hmm. a deal that you can expect for either whether it's Leo Messi or whether or not in the future a CR7 might <laughs> want to come and join him because I think a Messi, I think a Ronaldo knows a really good business deal when they see one. Um, the same way Beckham saw it back in the day mm-hmm. when he only had to buy buy his expansion rights for $10 million when expansion rights now go for $150 million or more, right, for a club. So you're Very talking about a massive entry point. Yeah. So I, it's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when Leo Messi comes. <laughs> um, and, and like, come on, that's that in and of itself. Um, if you want to call Major League Soccer, continue to call Major League Soccer a retirement league because of that, mm. by all means, go ahead. But we'll be the ones watching Lionel Messi when they've obviously still got a whole lot left to give oh, yeah. to whatever club they're at. Um, and to be honest, I take watching CR7 any day of the week um, at 45 um, if I was given <laughs> the chance, as long as long as we continue to grow around it. And MLS is going to become a bigger league in terms of opening its purse strings um, the, the more we're viable, right? The more we sustain ourselves. Um, because mm-hmm. here it's like us versus football, us versus basketball, us versus hockey, oh, us yeah. versus this. So you got to set your footprint. It's a 26-year-old, some like something like that league. Um, so... Leo Messi would just take us into maybe even into MLS 4.0. I don't even know what MLS version we're on, but I love it. And I love that Tim Howard's talking about it. I love that Pat McAfee's talking about it. And to be honest, you want to know another transfer that MLS just got recently? Mm. Which one? (laughs) Uh, A certain Joe Rogan. (laughs) We might know him as the podcast host. Uh, He literally just went, he relented and went to his first major league soccer or first professional football game. Okay. He went to see Austin FC play Orlando city. And guess what he wrote? I don't know if it was on Instagram or Twitter. He wrote that he effing loved it, <laughs> loved it. So those are the type of people that once they get eyes on it, Very there true. are enough eyes here and enough attention to be a NFL fan, NBA fan, and MLS fan. I'm- and I'll tell you right now, uh, Joe Rogan, even lending his eyes to MLS for a second is a big deal, regardless of what you think of Joe Rogan as the man. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> and I got to say, like, if Messi and Christian Ronaldo both yeah. go to the MLS, like, yeah. the two most followed athletes on planet Earth are going mm-hmm. to the U.S. Because the U.S. Mm-hmm. doesn't have the most followed athletes. It's Portugal and Argentina. So it's yeah. – <laughs> so this would make the MLS one of the most seen leagues – in yeah. the world, I, I might say that the MLS would definitely be more seen than the French League if they had yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. Like, that would, it would get game-changing. And yeah, everybody would tune in. Everybody in Europe would see the matches, late matches. It, yeah, just so in, in, instead of LeBron James being a part owner of <laughs> Liverpool, Man, oh he'd be gosh. a part 
owner of a franchise in MLS, like Kevin Durant is a part owner of Philadelphia Union. It's it's an inevitable um, evolution at some point, but it will get to the point where you will see these big stars and the people they know um, on the sideline at a New England Revol. Okay, maybe not a New England Revolution game. I'm bringing that up because I'm wearing their old shirt, which you know I miss this logo. Bangarine. Uh but yeah. Uh, and, and hey, Taylor Twelman, what's up? Um, but I just, it is a part of the evolution and there is something about a lot of these European players that would like to see what it's like to play in, in major league soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the infrastructure is not a step down, right? Mm-hmm. The pay is not a step down. In fact, it's a step up, but it's, it's a desirable place to live. If you can get past some certain things that have been in our, um, never mind, we won't go into politics, no. but ultimately in and of itself, it'd be a wonderful, wonderful thing, um, mm-hmm. for us to even see messy, uh, whether it's in Miami, Los Angeles, yeah. hey, he can come to Philadelphia. <laughs> but, but you know. said Miami for Messi, but imagine just this. Los Angeles yeah. Galaxy with Ronaldo and LAFC with Messi. It just would yeah. make sense culturally too, right? Because oh, yeah. South America a lot with LAFC, LA, like yeah. it would be poof. Like it would be an amazing spectacle between the two. Ronaldo Galaxy, oh, yeah. LAFC Messi. Go bold, yeah. you two, and who's the best of LA? The best of right. the superstars. Ronaldo. Ronaldo. I don't know, but with that Portuguese contingent in New York and North Ooh. Jersey, I can see, I can see like NYCFC, you know, City Football Group. Uh, uh, spend, yeah, they were, yeah, because yeah. they wanted yeah. Ronaldo before on, didn't they? Exactly, <laughs> and maybe that's the deal he signed before Whoa. he signed for United. Oh my, maybe days. he's. Oh, now we're getting conspiracy theory yeah, here. No, so that's <laughs> actually a good conspiracy. Like the, the, the thought process would be go to City, then New York City FC. Man, Breton, yeah. I think you're into, uh, onto something. But we'll see. We'll see, we'll see <laughs> if he goes next to New York City FC. So people, put down below uh, any transfer we've missed out. Go bowl with that and explain why the transfer is going to happen. We want to know. We want to know all those bold moves. And yeah. Let's get to the news. And I got to mention first Mourinho with five finals, five wins, four European trophies and four. No, four European trophies in four different clubs like Mourinho. You cannot, you cannot describe such a good manager. He's such a good manager, Mourinho. Such a, yeah, unbelievable. Well, file file me under a UEFA uh, Europa Conference League uh, fan. I enjoyed the hell out of that team or that um, tournament in and of itself. I enjoyed, um, you know, watching teams like Bodo Glimt beat the crap out of Mourinho and AS Roma ah. once, only to only to lose to them again. But no, uh, come on, we all knew. I know you were live for that game. You were already starting not to feel well during, during that game. So <laughs> I, I applaud you for even going live then, um, because I would have wussed out and probably not done it. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is once AS Roma got that first goal, mm-hmm. we all knew it was coming. We all knew that <laughs> Roma was not giving up that, that he, he just liked that video that shows him literally parking a bus. He, he was going to park a bus and he was going to win the game. And, and uh, you know, I don't think people realize how big that win. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's no such thing as a minor trophy. So exactly. I don't think you realize Especially how European. big that win was exactly how big that win was for AS Roma and for mm-hmm. Rome in, in general, because 
the, the people that showed up afterwards, the, the, you know, just them riding the double decker past the Coliseum. Right. I mean, come on, that's like, it's poetic. It's beautiful. Um, and to have players on that team um, that I'm sure Mourinho has shared some very emotional moments with, Mm-hmm. Guys like Nicolo Zaniola, who scored the goal, and uh, Spinazzola, Spinazzola um, after their injury troubles, their adversity, all the, the blood, sweat, and tears to come back from that, not just physically, but mentally, um, and then to hand your city, win your city, a, a first trophy in a very, very, very long time. Um, beyond Mourinho and his accolades, that is just immense what Roma was able to do. Like, so uh, oh, hats off. Seeing Spinazzola come back, man. And his task was simple. Get the ball, go forwards, and stay next to the corner flag. Stay next yeah. to the corner flag. And another player that had an e- uh, not an easy task, but simple task with uh, that he knew what he got to do was Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling at Roma is just magnificent. And the fact that United still haven't won a trophy ever since Smalling has left. Oh, my days. It shows that Smalling made the right decision to go to Roma. And United are the ones that are losing because Smalling is a great centre-back. And Mourinho knew it. Mourinho knew it. Just like Tammy. Just like Tammy Abraham. Mourinho knew it. When he knows Mourinho, he he, he knows the choice is right and he goes with it. He rides with it. And that's why I love Mourinho, man. The players that he loves, he really loves. Like, look at Materazzi. That bond was... So, I see Tammy Abraham with Mourinho's uh, bond. Special, too. So, hey, Uh, love it. Well, you know, it's just... It's crazy to me to think, (laughs) like... When you think of AS Roma, right? You Mm -hmm. think of who? Totti. Francesco Totti. You think of Daniel De Rossi. Rossi. Yeah. Um... Anyone else you got on there, right? Well, I, uh, yeah. Uh, Mkhitaryan, Mo Salah, maybe. Hell, Rudiger was there for a while. But no, nobody more than De Rossi and... Um, and why am I forgetting his... And Totti, thank you. Goodness. Um, and yet, I just said something that kind mm. of is weird, right? What? They just won their first trophy in a really, really, really long time. True. De Rossi True. and Totti never won a title with them. Never won anything. Hey, Totti is is just like Totti is is. such a legend, man. And the fact that he never moved from Roma, just what a class man that loves the club, man. You there's not a lot of them now. There's not a lot of players like him now. That's what I gotta say. That is loyalty. That is loyalty. loyalty. And you love to see it, man. Roma. But isn't that insane though? That like they didn't win a trophy, but Tammy Abraham, Chris Smalling, Nicola Zaniola, Zaniola, Mkhitaryan, right? They all just won a trophy. Um, so it, it is crazy that those guys, they're definitely and rightfully so put on a pedestal in Rome, um, you know, weren't able to get it done because back then when they were playing, um, mm-hmm. well, there was maybe some match fixing. There was maybe some bribery going on. Well, there were uh, there was a lot of money. Juve. I mean, Italian football... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Italian football ruled everything for the most part at that time. Well, maybe not at that time. But um, it is it is just crazy, that realization there. But, hey, mm-hmm. Jose Mourinho, seeing him happy, seeing him just like just like Karim Benzema after the uh, Champions League game, mm-hmm. holding his hand up uh, and, and sharing this moment with his, um, it, with his players. It was wonderful to see. And to be honest, 
I didn't expect the Jose Mourinho to be <laughs> as emotional about this as he has been, but I guess that's who he is. And maybe I just all I do is win, 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 no matter <laughs> what. <laughs> That's what Mourinho's yeah. thinking. That's what he wants. He wants those titles. Yeah. And just, yeah. I want to lead up to another team just because yeah. all that person wants is win, 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 no matter what, too. And it's Zlatan yeah. Ibrahimovic because I saw that Zlatan played six months without an ACL. Six months. That is unbearable. Unbearable. Bearable. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine the yeah. excruciating pain Zlatan yeah. went through. And it shows that he knew his importance in that team and his role as a captain and a leader. And I got to say, Zlatan, you went bold. And it's admirable what he does, man. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And all I can really say about that uh, is if there's one player out there that can play on no ACL for six months... <laughs> It's probably Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, that that is just unreal. Um, what is more interesting is that there's this bravado to him, right? There's this projected confidence, and he's always got something to say, and it's always got, like, me, me, me in it, essentially. But then over those six months, he very much so, and you and I were talking about this kind of extensively before, mm -hmm. there's very much so, like, there was this realization at, at how he could ha still have an impact, even if he couldn't be at his best on the field. Exactly. Um, and getting the most out of that AC Milan squad, who, for most, for all intents and purposes, is still a pretty young squad, yes. right? Um, he was able to to be more the counselor, be mm -hmm. more the guy that, that kicked him in the rear end when they needed a kick in the rear end, and mm -hmm. none more so than for a guy like... Rafael Liao. Rafael Liao. I mean, it, it, it's it's just beautiful because mm -hmm. Rafael Liao. We know, you know, I don't. We don't know all the history and all the personal um, stuff that came with his exit in in Portugal and and that Leo. Okay. But ultimately, what we know is that he is coming off the best season he's ever had. Uh, he had his biggest importance when Zlatan was pretty much out mm -hmm. for the most part, right, or not able to contribute a hundred percent. In this stretch run, the Scudetto stretch run, mm -hmm. and what did they wind up doing? They ended up winning their first trophy in ten plus years. Mm -hmm. You know, like so, it is amazing to me that even though Zlatan can come across as Mister, I know everything, right? But he was humble enough to accept that role, and he said, "Well, if if I'm going, if I can't excel in the field, I'm going to excel here, Fuck. and I'm going to make sure that this is the most together team." that AC Milan had, because this isn't the most talented team, in my opinion, on paper in Serie A, but this was the best team in Serie A. Yes. So it, uh, it's impressive. And going with what you said, I completely agree. Rafael Young, without Slaten in that team, he wouldn't have yeah. got to those levels because mentally you can see that Zlatan is always trying for Rafael Leão to try his best yeah. to reach his potential. And it's just the demands. It's the mentality. And I love it. And Rafael yeah. Leão, I forgot to say in the transfers, Di Marzio said that Real Madrid has no interest anymore for him. So stay at Asa Milan, man, because it's just the right place. And if he's going to go, it's 150 million. So Isamalan uh, ain't going to say no to 150 because Maldini would, would just do better deals with that one. But 150 million? That's the Oof. release clause. 150 million. If they if if someone's going to get him. If so, yeah. Okay. But uh Oof. but I feel uh Milan 
have to retain Rafael Leão, stay with him, make he's gonna develop more. And for me as a Portuguese man, Rafael Leão, continue. Just keep on improving because the potential is yeah. to be a top five player in the world of football, man. Okay? Yeah. Because if he's yeah. being the best player in Serie A, considering it's his best season, and we all know he has much more to improve. He's got to be mm -hmm. the best player in the Champions League one day if he wants to, you, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I am very hopeful on him. And it's just the physicality, the speed, the finishing. And what I am loving this season is the decision-making. Mm -hmm. The decision-making is finally much better. And that's why we see him doing a ton of assists, a ton of yeah. assists. So, well, those, those last few Serie A games, uh, he was virtually unplayable. He was unmarkable. Um, and, and he knew when to turn the jets on. He knew when to, he was, you're absolutely right. His decision-making has improved like mm -hmm. threefold. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, uh, they just had so many great seasons from some players. You almost have to worry with AC Milan, you know, true. are these, are, are, can these be replicated? Because Fakayo Tamori's, uh, season for them, um, you know, and there's a reason why finally Gareth Southgate has relented. Right and called him up. Oh my gosh! And and you and I agree. I think right. Tell me if I'm wrong. But you mm -hmm. and I agree. He has been the best English center back mm -hmm. um, it, this season, next to John Stones. I don't oh. know if it's under John Stones or above John Stones, but um, definitely the best. And uh, you know, in the last week, he went from helping him to a scudetto to getting called back into the English national team. So uh, rightfully so, just like Rafael Ayal should not uh, should be very proud of himself. Uh, Fakayo Tomori should be pretty damn proud of himself, but they got to get their butts back to work because it's tough being at the top. You're going to have a target on your back from here on out. Very true. Very true. And you said it's tough to be at the top. And if you're on the top, it means you have structure. And if you have yeah. structure, you win the leagues in all categories that we can say Man City managed to yeah. do because man city won the under 16 premier league under seven under 17 premier league under 18 premier league premier league two and the premier league man they won every single league they could so it's just unbelievable to see the management and the structure from man city and now at the top we got two players that are gonna come and one of them Managed to score six goals. Julian yeah. Alvarez scored six goals in Copa Libertadores. And I remember yeah. in the past, Haaland scoring nine goals for, for Norway. <laughs> okay, so these people scored mad goals in one game. Haaland and Julian Alvarez. And both are going to Man City. And it's so crazy. They had no striker and now they just... Get these two beasts as striker. Oh my. Yeah, and, and here's here's like the craziest thing. Okay, well, you mentioned all of those titles, right? That they just won. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one thing negative before going back to positive. Mm. I would love to see obviously more than just Phil Foden integrated into the first team from those guys. Cole Palmer. But you're absolutely right. Cole Structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Cole Palmer, uh, Liam Delap, bring him back. I mean, there's there there are enough people in there, mm -hmm. um, enough good prospects in there that we could see it. But you're right. I mean, sometimes um, even if you're not bringing these guys through and and bringing them into the 11, mm -hmm. um, they obviously have the ability to be sold off to other teams to help the club from a profit standpoint, to go on to have <laughs> phenomenal career, careers elsewhere. 
but it would be nice to see more homegrown Manchester Mancunians uh, and just Phil Foden. But here's the crazy thing. That, that's not even the crazy thing I was about to say, right? You just mentioned Erling Holland and Julian Alvarez. It's like Pep woke up and he just wanted to start collecting strikers. Very good strikers that score double hat tricks or triple hat tricks. Well, I don't even know what the hell you're supposed to call those things. <laughs> but it, these last five years, okay, Manchester City, you know, have managed to lead the Premier League in goals scored. This last year, we all were crowing about how they didn't have a striker. And that if they lost it, it's because they don't have a nine. If they did this, if they... They score more goals than anybody in the Premier League, and they've done it with said no striker recently. Now, here's the even crazier part. Over the last 11 years, Manchester City have led the Premier League in goals scored nine out of those 11 years, okay? So even when they do not win the Premier League, which they've won four and five, they still score more than the majority of people out there, uh, majority of teams out there. So you're really talking structure, and, and that's, that's to me, you got winning up and down, and you got goal scoring left and right. Um, I don't know how you don't continue to win titles mm-hmm. with this structure. Completely so agree with you. Completely yeah, agree with you. And Holland. In my opinion, in his first season for Man City, I think it's not shocking to say he'll get more than 15 goals guaranteed and possibly more than 20 goals, definitely. And Julian Alvarez, I think many people will be surprised with him. And he was Mm. he's going to be definitely a great super sub. Okay, scoring one or two goals, because with competition comes great Mm. moments, too, man. And Julian Alvarez competing with Ireland, we might see a ton of more goals with Man City. But... If both yeah. play together, Julian, mm-hmm. Al- if Julian Alvarez plays together with Haaland at the same time, we're basically seeing a region of like Aguero and Zeko times in- unfold in our eyes. So it's just, <laughs> it's just beautiful, man, to see. Like, for, but I'm very, I believe a lot in Alvarez. I believe a lot in this kid. A lot. It's amazing. His his run. I mean, he's not exactly like the youngest of young, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But. Uh, his transformation under Marcelo Gallardo at River has has been phenomenal. And it really kind of comes down to almost like, I don't know, confidence? Mm-hmm. Because he's always been highly rated, but he didn't become like deadly highly rated until the last couple seasons. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's it doesn't just stop there. And this is a quick shout out to River and Marcelo Gallardo because it's not just Julian Alvarez. Like I've talked about Enzo Fernandez. He's phenomenal, but they also have Santiago. Yeah. Santiago Simone, who is uh, equally as good. Um, Maybe not equally as good, but he is a little ways off, but he's only 19. He was, um, uh, he was Julian Alvarez's like, you know, right-hand man in this game versus Alianza Lima that I think they won like eight to one or something. So, Julian Alvarez comes from another uh, team that's been building structure under Marcelo Gallardo. So it kind of makes sense, (laughs) right? Uh, From one place to another. So I I just, I was worried about whether or not Julian Alvarez could maybe get slotted in to Manchester uh, City 11 or Mm -hmm. come off the bench and actually have an impact a la like a Ferran Torres or something. Um, But I am less worried now. And uh, he is every bit the talent. It's just whether or not it translates in the Premier League. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. see. So put down below, people. How many goals do you think Julian Alvarez or Haaland are going to score? How many? Are you going to score more than 15, more than 20? Put down below. 
your predictions. And now, just so there's a you're under 17 European competition happening, and we wanted to shout out three guys to you guys. Three players to you guys that are worth the watch, and you will for sure hear in the future. So you want to start by going bull? <laughs> yeah. Should I start with my three? You want me to do all three? Okay. Yeah, I'll do all three. Um, we we can talk in the comments about like specifics here, mm -hmm. but these are three, and we do now know the finalists. So it is going to be France. <laughs> versus the no, Dutch in the final. I know, I'm sorry. Shout out to Portugal. But, I, but I'll tell you what, we were we were just joking about Holland's nine goals or whatever it was. <laughs> this is why you have these tournaments, right? Sure. You brought up a good point when we were discussing this before uh, that, you know, COVID really screwed up mm -hmm. a whole bunch of development for a lot of these kids, right? Mm -hmm. It went from playing these tournaments against some of the best players in their age group uh, repeatedly mm -hmm. to literally playing in their backyard, right? And Great. and now it's back to it. So these tournaments have immense value long-term, especially in terms of identifying players or players you want to root for. Mm -hmm. Maybe not to ever become a Messi, but to be a really, really phenomenal player. And I really do think that there are several on the pitch at the U-17 Euros, um, three of which uh, I got one for different teams um, Serbia made a run to the semifinals. I got to bring up their striker. Um, he's mobile. Uh, they, they got a success ratio with these, um, with these strikers, man, in Serbia. Uh, but this kid, Jovan Milosevic, I think he had an assist in the semifinals. So it brings it up to four goals, two assists in five games and a semifinalist appearance. But on top of that, he had five goals, four assists and six qualifiers for them. And he's been scoring like mad in the Serbian U17 and U19 leagues. So it's only a matter of time before he makes his debut and before he then probably gets picked up by somebody in the Eredivisie or La Liga or Syria. Um, but he is a very good player. And this is Jovan Milosevic, if I didn't already say his name because I'm blacking out right now and tired. Um, he's an immense, immense talent. Um, next to that, I've got with the Dutch team that's going to the final to face France, I've got Gabriel Misahoy, who is kind of an all-around player. Mm -hmm. All-around player. He plays for Ajax, and he's essentially, I think he might be their captain. I could be wrong about that. But he was immense in the quarterfinals, immense in the semifinals. Um, he had a goal and an assist, I believe, in the quarterfinal. Um, and he's been just huge for them all game. He's also been working his rank way up the ranks. If you follow us on FB Wonder Kids, um, you'll know that if you want to follow Ajax, you follow Ajax YA, Ajax Youth Academy on Twitter. Um, and he's he's high on this guy um, in, in the point that I believe he could be, even at his age, making his ear to the Z talent, uh, talent debut next season for Ajax, especially since there's a certain Ryan Gravenberg um, that will be moving on. Um, and my last one is going to go to who I think is going to win the tournament, and that's the French. Okay. Uh, the French obviously have Matisse Tell. They have quite a few players on there, um, but none, I think, have a higher ceiling than Warren Zaire Emery. He's a defensive midfielder. Uh, he's 16 years old. He's been uh, a rock for the PSG U19s that took part in the UEFA Youth League. Um, and I think if you take the PSG players that everybody knows that haven't yet broken through yet, like Ashavi Simons, Edouard Michou, who both at least made their debuts this year. Mm -hmm. Zaire Emery still is the player that has 
the highest ceiling on that team. And if I had to pick one player under the age of 18 to take with me to start a new club at PSG, it would be Warren Zaire Emery. So watch him, find the highlight tapes. Maybe we can even put a link below in the comments for some of these players uh, that would give you guys a head start. But Mm -hmm. Zaire Emery is my favorite of those three. So I I didn't mean to spend that much time talking, (laughs) but your three, what are they? I'm excited. Well, I'll keep it shorter. And my three, I'm going to start with the Portuguese bias one. But for me, he's just so good, man. He's a Benfica Academy prospect, João Veloso, okay? Young midfielder, 16 years old. And I fully believe I'm going to see him in two, three years' time going to mm. Benfica B and developing to go to Benfica's first team. João Veloso, incredible technique, incredible. And there's a Trivela. If you put on Twitter, João Veloso, people, go check out his pass. That It wasn't a goal, but unbelievable Trivela pass. Just shows the quality Modric. and the vision. Modric, exactly. Modric. Second player, Isaac, Bab- Ay, Isaac Babadi. Uh, Netherlands mm. player, PSV, winger that can play inside forward too. Very, very good player. Like, he is drifty, like, really good with his feet. Body faints mm-hmm. nonstop. And what I love about him is how much he comes to the middle. He's like, he's so comfortable being next to the center backs, and he's a total menace. I fully expect Babadi to play for PSV some games next season. And my third player, he's a German baller, and he's played, okay? He's, the, he's played in his first team, and it's Bayern Munich, and it's Paul Vanner, in which he's yep. the youngest player to feature in all top five leagues, okay? And there's a reason why. He's an absolute baller, and he scored a beautiful goal that you guys should go check out against Italy, that you just see the great dribbling, and decision making that he has. So yeah. yeah, I and two assists I think he's got in the competition. So yeah. great player. That's, great shout yeah. in my opinion. And three players that I'm very confident, Drone Flows, Isaac Bavadi, and Paul Viner, that will be in the world of football in five years' time, in my opinion. Yeah. Very confident All right. about well, that. Paul Vonner Paul Vonner's a, a great uh, I mean that that whole German team, mm-hmm. it was tough to not see them go further because the way that they played, they have a bunch of kids that you look at and you're like, wow. Fuck. Uh, and then you take into account that a couple, Ibrahim you know, a couple Ibrahim. years above them. Right. Yeah. Another Ibra, uh, not no relation, but yes. another Ibra. Um, <laughs> but you, you take that like a Jamal Musiala is only a couple years above them. Right. True. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a good time to be a, a German player, but yeah, <laughs> a region Ibrahimovic, um, I'm trying to remember. I think it's De Benedetto had some phenomenal highlights. Highlights. He does not have the most German last name, uh, but he is some phenomenal highlights um, for them. And they're just a very, very pleasing team uh, to watch. So it was tough to see them get beaten. But I gotta say, before we uh, sign off here, um, have you gone and seen? And I know he hasn't necessarily had like up to his standards the best tournament he's wanted uh, to have. But have you seen that Dario Asuga goal from uh, the semifinal game? No. <laughs> okay. Go check it out right when you get off this. And if you're listening to this, when this is posted and you haven't seen it yet, run to Twitter, search Dario Asugo and find it. Or actually, you can go to FB Wonder Kids on Instagram because I believe I might have retweeted, not retweeted, shared it in a story. 
it is a monster rocket from like 40 yards out. It is massive, like rising uh, all the way through. So I know he's capable of much more, but I didn't know he had that in his toolkit, a long shot like that. So um, people, put down below who we should watch from the under-17 Euros and who we missed out. And tell us, describe how these players are, because we would like to yeah. see your thoughts and these players. Please do not forget to like this video for listening to the end. Yeah. It's a huge support for me and Brenton. Go pull the that like button down below. And yes, thank you for listening to episode 58, people. It's such a huge help. The community is just growing and improving. I'm loving it. And yeah, mm -hmm. thank you for supporting FC Wonderkid community. Thank you for going bold. Cheers.